Okay, so welcome back Wealth Creator and this is going to be lesson 3 of this week's mentry. Now, in the previous lesson I said uh, that I'm going to go into the relationship environment but uh, as I was preparing to tell you more about this environment I realized that I'm going to use terminologies that some of you may not be familiar with in fact, someone already asked me to explain what I mean with a, a lagazigazagger in a blizzard. So for the next two lessons, I want to explain uh, that and more. And then we can continue with the 10 environments. So um, I've already explained what uh, lagazigazagger in, in a blizzard is in a webinar that I've done some time ago. So I thought, let me use that instead of me trying to explain exactly the same thing again. Now, take in mind that although I talk about financial freedom in this webinar, um, you know, that's of course got to do with the financial environment. The terminologies that I'm going to use are applicable to all 10 uh, of the environments of you. Uh, there is going to be action step, so make sure that you participate. And here's a part of that webinar. Please enjoy. So let's look at the Wealth Creators Psychology, the Science and the Art to financial freedom because your attitude is going to determine your freedom. In other words, if you're going to be free, first of all, and if you're free, how free you're really going to be. Now, the trick, I think, is to get all of your investments for free. And the only, only way that you'll be able to do that is if you will have the right attitude, investment attitude. And this is what this webinar is all about. So let's quickly have a look at the belief systems. So your belief system of a person or society is a set of beliefs that they have about what is right and wrong and what is true and false. And now I think we should pay very close attention because the belief system that a group of people have, like investors, will give them the outcome that they're going to get. Now, that outcome is not necessarily true or false or right or wrong. It's just going to be whatever it is. And we have to have a look at that and see, but will this outcome, this belief system that this group of investors that they've got, will that help them to get to where they want to be? In other words, to really get to financial freedom. Now, the first thing that we need to query is, but what, why, why will most people retire poor? And the real reason is because we unconfoculated, because remember, this belief system that we've got and our attitude is going to be dependent on how we feel, how we think, and how we act. So the reason why people retire poor is simply because they've got the wrong attitude. Now, why is it that they've got the wrong attitude? Because they confoculate. So what's the definition for confoculate? It's a mental state of mind when you do not know that you don't know what you're supposed to know. So if you do not know that something better than what you are busy with right now exists, you're not going to try to figure out and find out how it works. Also, if this clashes with your belief system, if you believe that you cannot get 100 and 200% and 500% growth on your money, that it must be a scam, then whenever that opportunity is presented where you can get that, you're not going to look at it because your belief system is going to prohibit you simply because you are in a state of confoculation. It's that simple. And this is the reason why most people will be poor, because the system indoctrinates us that what they are busy with and what they are busy teaching us, that that is right. And if we look at the results, we see that it's not right. So 
Let's get it back to the psychology. Psychology is a summary of a person's characteristics, including how they think, feel, or behave. In other words, how they act. And we are going to make our choices based on our attitude. In other words, we've seen that your attitude and our belief system are basically the same thing. It's how we think, feel, and act. And what we're going to, to do regarding our financial freedom and regarding our investments will be based on this attitude that we've got towards investments and towards the outcome of those investments. So financial freedom, unfortunately, is going to be a dream for only 99% of people simply because of this confoculation story uh, that I've referred to. And we're going to go deeper and deeper into this. So let's have a look at why I say this. Some of you have seen it. Right. According to MoneyWeb, they got these figures from BankSurfAfrica.co.za. There's approximately 4.4 million people in South Africa over the age of 60. Out of those people, 3,630,000 receives a old age grant. In other words, these people do not receive currently approximately 1,600 uh, rands per month. And the reason why that is, is because they've got nothing. In other words, if it's not for the government, these people will not be able to survive. So we've got a social duty with these people in order to help them to have at least food. Right. Now, there's something else that is going to happen. There's about 740,000 people that do receive a pension. But if we break that down, we're going to find that those people that get 25,000 rand or more, there's only 0.24%. So that means the 99.76% of all the people that is on retirement will not receive more than 25,000 rand. So only 0.24%. And this is shocking. And we need to understand this because our attitude is, but everything is okay. If I look at the reality, at stats, it simply tells me it is not okay. And we need to address this because otherwise we're going to land in this position. Right. So if I go to globalreachlist.com, we're going to find that in South Africa, if you've got an income of 300,000 Rand per year or 25,000 Rand per month, you're going to be in the top 0.24%, which is exactly what I've showed you before. Now, this measure, the standard of living of people in different countries. So if I want to be in the top 1% in South Africa and I earn 14,708 Rands per month, that is 176,500 Rand, I'll be in the top 1%. But if I'm going to be in America, because I've got a lot of students there, then we only need to, to have 2,700 dollars sorry, per month. That's going to put us in the top 1% as well. Now, the logic tells us that the Rand dollar, if the Rand is 10, it means that I'll need 27,000 Rand in South Africa, but it is not the case because they measure the standard of living. So we can immediately see that the standard of living in South Africa is relatively high for the amount of money that we've got available because $2,700 is exactly the same as 14,708 rands, but here in South Africa. Okay, what is going to de de determine in what bracket you're going to be? Well, it's your investment attitude. Because that investment attitude that we've got, the way that we think, feel, and act or behave, that's going to determine our success. In other words, the outcome. Because this that we are right now and this that we've got 
is because of the decisions that we've made in the past based on this that we think, feel, and, and, and the way that we've acted was simply because of that feeling and the thinking that we had. Okay, so in the next uh, part of this lesson, we will look at why it's so difficult to change. But before I can do that, uh, first, here's an action step for you. So your action step is, what are your two biggest takeaways from this lesson? Einstein said that no problem can be solved from the same level of consciousness that created it. So unless we become aware of where we are and what do we want, in other words, what do we want to change? Well, I can tell you that nothing is going to happen. So the question then is, but where are we? And how do we know that is where we are? And why is it then so difficult to change? So let's start off where we left off in the previous lesson to find the answers. So if you've got an attitude about something, it's going to be really, really difficult to break that attitude because the, <laughs> that attitude depends on your belief system. And you will not have that belief system, that metaphysical program that runs in your subconscious mind, unless you believe that that is the truth. In other words, you will be able to prove it through your references and your attitude will be that you're going to, to do that that you believe to be right and that's going to be, become the outcome. In other words, that's going to show in terms of the result. So the question then is, but what is your investment attitude? Because unless we know where we are, we will not know what to do. In other words, we're going to be conforculated because where we are is what we believe because otherwise we would not be here. Right. So let's go and have a look at this story to get to financial freedom. So what must we do in order to be, get to financial freedom? Well, the one thing that I know is a lot of people say, yeah, but I need more money. Well, if you need more money and you get more money, um, what do you need to do with that money? Because if you get more money, but you live more, in other words, your living expenses increases, you'll have nothing to invest. So unless you can invest, that simply means that you'll never be able to be financial free. So we need to become investors. But now let's have a look at the attitude that investors has, because there's basically two belief systems. So the one is that of an opportunity seeker. So an opportunity seeker believes that in, in essence, an opportunity seeker says, but I can't do it. I need other people and I must trust other people because for whatever belief system you've got, uh, for example, people will say, yeah, but I haven't got degrees or I'm not good with finances or I've never had math at school, that sort of. So there's 200 million excuses, but all of those, those excuses forms part of a conditioning and because of the conditioning forms our belief system, that then becomes our attitude and that's going to give us the outcome that we're going to get. But then there's almost like a dividing line between an opportunity seeker and wealth creator because a wealth creator has a total 100% different mindset. And the mindset belief system that we as wealth creators have is that we can take responsibility to learn the skills so that we can get that that we need in order to be financially free. And if we've got enough skills, so we're going to invest heavily in ourselves, the best investment that you can ever make in your life is to invest in yourself. So the difference between an opportunity seeker and wealth creator is basically that an opportunity seeker says 
sorry, but I can't do it. I, I, I need to trust the experts. And a wealth creator says, sorry, I don't need the experts because I know that if I'm going to follow this way, that I'll never be free. Now, 99% of the people unfortunately falls into the opportunity-seeking uh, category, and I'm going to show you why I say this just now, based and back with stats. Okay, now as an opportunity seeker, this is the belief system. But because of this belief system, there are two attitudes. So the first attitude, investment attitude, is that of a lagger. So it's the investment lagger attitude, and then there's a zigger. Now, what's the difference between the two? Very simple. A lagger does not take any responsibilities in order to learn any investment skills. It's not to say that they haven't got other skills, and there's nothing wrong with a lagger or a zigger or whatever I'm going to mention. I started off as a lagger. In 1982, I realized, but this is not going to help. This blame game that I've got, and it's always someone else's fault. And it's simply because I haven't got the skills. And I read a book by Ochman Dino, and it said uh, in verse in the scroll four, the, uh, one, one paragraph says, I'm not on this earth by chance. I'm here for a purpose. And that purpose is not to shrink into a grain of sand, but to grow into a mountain. And henceforth, I'll apply all my efforts to become the highest mountain of the all. And I'll strain my potential until it cries for mercy. And in that moment, I changed my attitude because I realized that unless I'm going to learn the skills, unless I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do, unless I'm going to take the responsibility, there's no ways that I'll be able to become the best that I can be and f be financially free and provide for a family one day. So that's when I became a zigger. But even the ziggers is not going to be able to retire financially free. They will not be in that 0.24% that, 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 that I've showed you. Okay, so let's have a look at the wealth creators. Remember, their attitude is, I'm going to take responsibility. But what attitudes do we have? Well, we've got two. We've got that of Zagger and a blizzard. And the difference between the two is that Zagger knows exactly what their financial freedom growth rate is and then go out and learn the skills that he or she needs in order to be able to get that growth that, they are, that, that they've set themselves. So the jump between a, a lagger and a zigger is big, but between a zigger and a zagger is even more, it's even more spectacular because the moment that I have to let go of the attitude that I've got and the belief system, the moment that I'm going to do the jump between from a zigger to a zagger. This to me, by the way, happened approximately in February of 1987. That is when I realized, but you know, I need to improve my skills. And because of the skills that I've, that I've worked on so hard, that now I can make that transition where I can at least outperform my financial freedom growth rate or my goal rate. And I knew at that point that I would be financially free within a 10-year period. Right. From a zagger to a blizzard is an amazing experience because here it's the science. I need to understand the science, the wealth creator science. We call it the formula for riches. But the moment that I move on to this level is because now I turn the science into art. So the psychology is I have to adopt the right psychology, the wealth creative psychology, the right belief system. Because if I'm going to try to build my future based on the opportunity seeking strategy, it's simply not going to work. And then once I've adopted the belief system, I need to follow the right uh, attitude. And I must have the right attitude because otherwise... Uh, that that I think, feel, and act is not going to manifest in terms of that that I want in order to get to where I want to be. 
Right, now I'm going to explain this a little bit more and I'm, we're going to go deeper into this. This is just a broad overview of what we are busy with. So, let's look at this belief system, the conventional way of investment, that is the opportunity seeker, and they follow this opportunity seeking strategy. And this opportunity seeking strategy, if we look at the smallest common denominator, we're going to find that these people will say that the higher the risk, the higher the growth. Therefore, by implication, the lower the risk, the lower the growth. And then they say, what attitude must you have? Well, the attitude that you must have is trust the experts because they know what is right and they know how to give you the best because it's very, very complicated. That's what they want you to believe. And the moment that you believe that, you're going to trust them. And you're not going to trust yourself because they're going to indoctrinate you to believe that you can't do it or that you're not good at maths or math or that you're not good at finances or financials, uh, you know, or that you can't read financial statements or that you can't handle portfolios and stuff like that. And they're going to make it very, very complicated. So uh, in terms of growth, are we talking of compounded growth, uh, simple growth, nominal growth, effective growth, uh, investment growth? Are we talking in terms of uh, your M? Uh, modified uh, IRR, um, NPV IRR, your internal rate of return, are we referring to return on investment? Can you see, uh, it, it's basically the same thing, but we are confused because we, if you don't understand the terminology, they can throw whatever they want at you and you're going to say, well, but I don't know what it means because you've never taken the time to learn what it means, the majority of people I'm, I'm talking about. So this is the way that the opportunity seekers this is the, the attitude, the investment attitude is uh, trust someone else. Right. Now, there's a better way to invest. Unfortunately, people do not know about this because in the opportunity seeking a strategy in that community, in the investment community, no one's going to talk about this because the experts cannot let you believe and, and tell you that there's a better way to invest where you don't need them and where you can outperform the 300, 500 and 1000 percent plus. Right, and that is called the Wealth Creator Strategy. So in terms of the Wealth Creator Strategy, we've got a completely different belief system. Yes, our belief system. We believe that, first of all, you have to identify the risk. Because the moment that I can identify the risk, I must learn the skills to mitigate the risk and to get the risk down. And by getting the risk down, the growth is going to go up. So the lower the risk, the higher the growth, which is directly opposite to what they tell us. We also believe that the higher the risk, the lower the growth. Can you see this clash that we've got? So whenever we tell people that the lower the risk, the higher the growth, they're going to look at us as if we are crazy because it simply can't be true because of their belief system and because of their attitude. Now, what is the attitude that the wealth creators have? Well, they follow the wealth creator strategy. Why? Because their attitude is we need to take responsibility. And what do we take responsibility for? Well, it's to improve your skill levels. That means that in any type of investment, we need to know what the risk, risks are and then how to, what it means and how we can, how we can get the risk down, mitigate the risk. The moment that you know that, then you're going to find that all we focus on is to determine the risk and manage the risk down. Because we don't focus really on the growth because we know that the lower the risk, the higher the growth is going to be. This is exactly the opposite to what other people want us to believe, the opportunity seekers, experts. Now, why do you think for one moment do they want you to believe that the risk, the higher the risk, the higher the growth? In other words, this, this attitude that you must have. You see, 
they're going to give you what they call a risk profile to fill in. According to that, and that is part of their confoculation, they're going to structure a deal for you where some of the, the money must be in, in interest-bearing uh, uh, funds and bonds and a certain portion in high-risk uh, stocks in a certain portion in moderate stocks and uh, risk stocks and stuff like that. So they're going to make something that is actually very simple, very complicated. But let's test this. If I'm working for my money, right? I'm working for my money. I'm taking the responsibility. I make a lot of money or I make at least a, a, a decent income. I've got a standard of living. I deduct that. I've got a surplus. I take the surplus. And now that my belief system tells me, go to an expert. I take that money to the expert and they tell me, listen, we're going to structure this portfolio. The either is the either growth. You're a moderate type of investor, so we're not going to take too high risk. And therefore, the growth, unfortunately, is not going to be this spectacular. But this is at least you'll sleep at night. But that's a lie because who's taking all the risk? Well, I'm taking the risk because it's my money. And the contract that I state, uh, sign with them states that they take no risk. In other words, they've got only upside. They're going to get the admin fee irrespective. And therefore, they want to keep me as long as possible within this uh, mindset so that I can trust them and that I can hand my money over. Because if I do not hand my money over to them and no one else does it, they do not have a job anymore. And everyone in that, uh, let's call it, in that uh area in that circle will have will have problems so it's because i do not have any control over that risk and all the risk is mine but at the same time i do not have any control over the growth because that's out of my hand that's basically well <laughs> if, if you're in that position you you'll see why it is that so few people can actually and will be rich when they retire so with the wealth creator strategy we understand what risk is we know how to, to identify that. We know how to manage it because that is a skill that we're going to learn by taking responsibility, by improving our skills. So let me try to put it to you in, 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 in an image. Right. And here's what we go. So we see these investors. There are two types of investors, the opportunity seekers and the wealth creators. This is almost like a quick summary. And in terms of the opportunity seekers, they've, we've got a choice. We can choose what belief system we want to adopt. If we want to adopt the belief system of an opportunity seeker, then we know the attitude, our investment attitude will be one of two. And that is that, that uh, you know, we trust other people. We can't trust ourselves. As a wealth creator, we know that we need to identify the risk by taking the responsibility, by learning the skills. And simply by doing that, we're going to get a different outcome because of the belief system. But now if we go a little bit deeper into it to get to the attitude, we're going to see before we get there. Let me explain this to you. So yes, action step number two. If you look at your situation today, are you an opportunity seeker or a wealth creator? And why do you say so? In other words, motivate your answer, please. So please make sure that you take these action steps before you move on to the next lesson. Hi Wealth Creator and welcome to lesson four of this week's mentoring. Uh, today we're going to carry on where we left off in the previous lesson and we're going to look at the four uh, attitudes that we've got. Now these attitudes are a reflection of our mimetic environment. Let me explain this to you. So we can see on this graph that the responsibility, if I take a lot of responsibility, I'm going to learn a lot of skills, right? 
So my skill level will be high. If I take no responsibility, I'll have no skills. That is expressed in only one way, and that is expressed as growth. So let's have a look at it. So if I've got high responsibility, I'll have high skills, and therefore I'm going to have high growth. That, by the way, stands for positive infinite. It means that it's for free. At the same time, if I take low responsibility, I'm going to have low growth. I can lose all my money. Right. So it's the growth on my surplus taking risk into consideration that's going to make me rich. And the only way to offset risk is to take the responsibility to learn the skills to identify this risk and then have the skills to offset the risk. So let's put all of this together. So what is a lagger? That's the first uh, attitude. So as you can see, a lagger simply takes no responsibility, very low, and therefore they've got no investment skills. It's not to say that these people do not have other skills. They may, may have excellent relationship skills and, and any other skill, but they do not have the skills to manage their investments. And without that investment, they cannot become rich. In other words, these people can be high, high income earners. Most of the time, by the way, they're not, but they can be, and yet still they stay poor, simply because they earn a million, but they spend a million two hundred. Right. Now, the next phase from that is a certain point where you need to understand, but I need to, to do something with this money. I can't spend more than what I earn. And that is when you start taking responsibility. And most of the time, a lot of people uh, take that responsibility in order to better themselves. As I've said, this happened to me in 82. Uh, but I did not get it because I thought that I was taking responsibility because I started studying and I started, uh, you know, uh, getting the, the, the tricks of the trade in terms of my job. And I became really, really good in my job. So I thought, but I'm taking the responsibility. But as a financial planner and advisor at that point, I've learned and was conditioned and be confoculated by the system because I thought that the answer is going to be in terms of giving my money to the Sunlums, the Mutuals, the Liberties, the Momentums, the Absas, the NetBanks, and, and those people that know how to handle it, and that is registered with the Financial Services Board. Right, that was my conditioning. In other words, I've taken the responsibility to make the money, but I did not take any responsibility to learn any skills regarding this. It's amazing the moment that we, that we start understanding this. So here, in the beginning, I would take no responsibility. Later stage, I started to learn about everything that I could about the terminology, and I started getting better and better results. But the results would put me in a position where I would never be able to retire within a 10, 20, or even 30-year period with three times more than what I was earning at that point in time. So I knew something was wrong, but I, I could not put my hand on it. And that basically happened in 1987 when I wanted to know what was the growth on my property investment. And that is when I started taking responsibility to learn the skills and to understand what the risks are, 27 risks in property, and how to mitigate this risk. Because the moment that I did that, I started learning a skill set that could benefit me. And I entered into the Zagger uh, phase of my life. Right, now that Zagger phase, you become only can become a Zagger the moment that you know what growth you need to get in order to get 
to financial freedom. And then have got the skills to outperform that growth. We call that your FFGR or your financial freedom growth rate. Don't pay too much attention to the jargon that I'm using uh, later on. And the more you're going to hear about this and the deeper you get into it, the more clearer this is going to be. Today, all I need for you to understand is that in order to be a Zagger, you will be free because you will have the power to outperform the growth that you must get in order to get to financial freedom. But then it's a growth process as well. Right, so we can see I've taken the responsibility and for the first time I started learning the investment skills. And it can be the investment skills in a specific line, like in a property or an asset class or in business or any other asset where you can have and will give you that that you need. Right, now from a Zagger, the next phase is, is amazing because this is where we enter into the blizzard phase. Now, this is amazing because the moment that you enter into the blizzard phase, it simply means that you're taking more than responsibility because now you're taking ownership. This is who you are. You are a wealth creator. And for that reason, we're getting infinite returns because I've taken ownership, which is a lot more responsibility than just taking the responsibility for the investment. And because I'm taking ownership, I am this that I invest in. In other words, I am a wealth creator. And for that reason, my skills are very high. And because my skills are so high, I turn the skills that I've got literally, literally into an art. And the moment these skills turn into art, I can have whatever I want and I can have it for free. It will never, ever cost me a cent out of my pocket. And I know about financial structures. I know about financial entities. I know how to to get all my businesses for free, all my investments for free, all my cryptocurrencies for free, all my properties for free, all my cars for free, all my houses for free, all my game farms for free, all my helicopters for free, simply because I'm a wealth creator and I operate with the mindset or the belief system or the attitude that I am a blizzard because I know that I can make this and this is my reality. So if we can almost like summarize, we see that the opportunity seeker, this is the first two, the lagger and the zigger, they fall into that simply because you cannot get to your financial freedom growth rate. And the moment that you take the responsibility to learn the skills, you move into a wealth creator. And in the wealth creator, there are two attitudes, that of a zagger and a blizzard. But even if you just be a zagger, you know that you'll be financially free. It's going to take time. Of course, a blizzard can do what a zagger do in five or ten years. A blizzard can literally do within a year or even two years at most. Right. Now, let's break this down. We see that as an opportunity seeker, 99% of South Africans will fall into that category. So we can see that that jump from, from an opportunity seeker to a wealth creator, this is where people are confoculated. They think it's difficult. They do not know that it exists. They don't know that they can get a compounded growth of 55 and 100 and 255. They don't understand and in their minds, it is impossible because they indoctrinated to believe that they cannot be blizzards where they can start and with a business or investment with no money, with no security uh, and get an infinite return on that. So in South Africa, 0.9% of the people will be Zagas. And by the way, this is very, very closely related to, to the world in terms of the studies that I've done. And then in terms of the blizzards, only 0.1%. And these are the people so if you really want to be financially free and you're not in the top 
you're not going to make it. You need actually to be in the, the top 10% of the top 1%. Otherwise, forget it. As we've seen, only 0.24% will have an income in South Africa of more than 25,000 rand per month. Now, let's get back to the opportunity seekers because you're going to see that figures that I gave you from Banks of Africa and MoneyWeb, that's going to make a lot of sense now. 82% of the people, these were people that made money. Some of them made a lot of money. But by the time that they retire, because they did not take the responsibility to learn the skill sets to keep that money, to grow that money, to protect that money, they've got nothing. And these people retire one, um, depend 100% on government subsidies or government grants um, in, in order to, to survive. Then there's 16.5% that makes up this, this portion, the ziggers. And these are the people that are confoculated. So this is where we need to focus. And I believe that 95% of the people that's on this webinar, if you're not a wealth creator, will fall into this category where, where you know that you do what you're supposed to do in terms of your job. You, you do have a work, you try your best, but for some reason or the other, you simply do not get ahead. And it's because of this confoculation uh, uh, phase in your life. So, if we can summarize, your investment belief system will determine the choices. In other words, the belief system, that of an opportunity seeker or that of a, a wealth creator, that's going to determine your attitude. And the attitude in terms of the outcome, the way that you're going to act, will determine in terms of your investment attitude. That's going to determine your out outcome. So, we can see as an opportunity seeker, there's only two outcomes, that of a lagger or a zigger. And in terms of your wealth creator, only two outcomes, that of a, a zagger or a blizzard. And that is going to determine what we think. That's going to determine where we're going to end up. The only way for you to get to where you want to be is to let go of the wrong attitude and therefore the wrong belief system, adopt a new belief system and start by learning the signs. So the next part, we need to get the psychology right because unless the psychology is right, nothing is going to happen. And that simply means that we now need to have the signs. So that's where the formula for riches comes in. This is a formula uh, that I developed in 1987 when I started to understand this. And it's literally the difference between the rich and the poor. And this formula is only applicable to wealth creators. It does not apply to opportunity seekers because they're going to break this formula. And the moment that you break the formula, you can't be come and be a wealth creator. So this is where we learn the application, the science, because unless we get the basic science. So what is the science? If you do certain things in a certain way to get a certain outcome and you can predict that outcome and you can guarantee that outcome each and every time, then you know that you're busy with the science. And for that reason, the formula for riches is the science to be a wealth creator because I can set a goal and I can each and every time, and students that have been with me for many, many years will know that each and every time that I set a goal, I can achieve and I do achieve that goal simply because I follow this formula. And what do I need to do? The shortcut is I need to get my investment growth rate to be bigger than my financial freedom growth rate. In other words, my goal, I need to set that goal with the amount of money that I've got available. I need to let that money work through my own skills taking risk into consideration so that I can outperform that, knowing that if I do that, I will be wherever I want to be. Right, so that is where the zagger, the zagger is the science of a wealth creator. 
The Zagger portion will not happen unless the psychology is right, unless we are prepared to, to go for that. Once I'm a Zagger, now I know that I can get to my financial freedom growth rate and surpasses my financial freedom growth rate. And as I study more and more, I turn this into literally the art. So the wealth creator's art is when every single thing is for free. Now we, we refer back to quantum physics we ref, or quantum mechanics. We refer back to the universal laws or metaphysical laws. We understand literally how it works in terms of the manifestation that I can get everything that I want for free. And now I get into the blizzard phase where I'm taking ownership. I am a true wealth creator. I'm a blizzard. My attitude is that that we are living in a world of abundance and that everything is given to us on condition that we take full, full responsibility, more than responsibility, that we take custodianship of the talents and the gifts that we were given and that we develop them to the fullest. Now, for more information about quantum mechanics, physical laws, the thinking process and the psychology of a wealth creator, this that I basically mentioned uh, during this webinar, you can find that in the first modules of the Wealth Creators Development Program and it's in the portal and you've got full access to it. And I will definitely suggest that you find the time to go through it because it's going to give you a far better and a deeper understanding of why everything is literally possible and you can have everything that you want and it's already been given to you. In fact, it was given to you the day before you were born because it's structured within your, your DNA structure. So, actually, step number one uh, for this lesson is what are your two biggest takeaways from this lesson? And action step number two, what is the main thing that you can do in order to become a blizzard? In other words, what you think at the moment, maybe at the latest stage it might change, but at this stage, what, what are the things that you can do to start this process? And then, of course, what is the first action step that you can make this a reality? In other words, take this thing and break it down to the smallest action step that you can take. And then the last part is, by when do you commit to have taken that action step? So please take these action steps before you move on to the next lesson. And remember, life is a game. You create the rules, so play to win. Just a quick reminder, how are you doing with your goals? You know, uh, the trick is to form a habit of getting to your goals. And this, by the way, is, is success. Success is a progressive realization of a worthy goal. And these goals that you've set to yourself and for yourself, these are worthy goals. Otherwise, you would not have sent them. Now, we haven't gone into the goal setting yet at this stage. So, but at least you've got the goals. And I've seen that you've, that you've committed to certain goals. So if you haven't taken action, just take one action, even if it's a small action, but make sure that you get into the habit of doing every day what you're supposed to do. So I'm looking forward to see you in the next lesson. Uh, and now we're going to continue with the relationship environment. We're back to the 10 environments uh, because I'm going to use some of the terminology that I've just uh, explained to you over the last two lessons. And now you'll see why it was important to include these two lessons before we could continue. I'm going through the the, the comments and the questions uh, in the, the portal. And there's something that I've picked up that I'd like to perhaps throw out there. 
and maybe that can help you even before we get into the real goal setting uh, portion and that is the way that you that you talk to yourself remember we've done the the memetics and we've done the personal uh, the, the the personal environment now the way that we see each other or the way that we see as ourselves and the way that we talk that self-talk that of course is going to go through this whole process through the reticular activated system and so forth that plays a huge role the internal dialogue now please take into consideration i'm not a psychologist I, i've got no idea actually what i'm talking about this is a way that i'm trying to figure this out for myself but one of the things that i've uh, that i've picked up is that with the frontal cortex with the new cortex uh, we can we can argue okay that's the function of this so it's rational and we can figure things out with the let's call it the analytical brain but the moment that you get into the subconscious mind that that you state that is the statement there's no changing in it there's no and if it does not understand what you try to say it's going to to just take what's there so let me give you an example if if i state that i don't want to be poor that's one of my st statements i don't want to be poor right my logical brain mind can figure out okay if i don't want to be poor that means by default i want to be rich the subconscious mind because it's basically the cells with the receptors 20 to 40,000 receptors per cell that opens up uh, in terms of forms a docking station for these chemicals to open that code and then give us the protein that we need that process there's no logic in it okay so if i say i don't want to be poor first of all i don't want what well uh, poor in other words what do i want i want to be poor do you, do, you, do you see where we're going this don't want it it just throws it out it is i want to be poor not i don't want to be poor because there's no alternative if you say i don't want to be poor it means for the subconscious mind you want to be poor okay so be very very careful the way that you formulate your your goals and you state your goals especially before you start uh, turning the goal through perhaps power morphing into the subconscious mind because uh, your subconscious mind is not in synchronization because your brain i know what i mean when i say i don't want to be poor but the subconscious mind organize it as i want to be poor uh, something else let's let's take it from there and then I'll, I'll i'll show you something else the moment that you say i want a million dollars you will never have a million dollars the the subconscious mind will always keep you in a state of want because that's what you say the subconscious understand i want to have a million dollars in other words you you don't have it and therefore you want it so it will keep you from achieving that goal so you yourself through the program is busy sabotaging yourself by simply using the wrong words and the problem is these words become a habit now if we look at the environment that environment is the mimetic environment that's a very powerful uh, environment and that then forms the habits that we're in so generally when i start talking to people 
I can very quickly understand and listen and hear what they're saying through the way that they speak. And one of the things that, that people normally say is that I want to have a Ferrari or I want to uh, be financially free. The moment that you say, I want to be financially free, you, you cannot be financially free because the subconscious mind wants to keep you in a state of want. Okay, I hope that that makes a little bit sense. So maybe some of you uh, go back and rephrase and find a better alternative. For example, I don't want to be poor. Uh, far better, I am financially free. Uh, that, that we can understand. And remember, it's also to go through a transformation. That's the purpose, for example, of a goal, of a power goal. It's not so much to, to give that that we want. And that's the reason why people don't get their goals. They sit there and, oh, I want a Ferrari. And then the universe don't give it. Why, why not? Because you did not transform into becoming a person that has got the right to earn a Ferrari. Now, there are shortcuts. You can earn two or three good, have two or three good months, and then you can show the balance sheets and get a Ferrari by applying for a, for a, a loan, you know, or a lease. That is possible, but again, the universe is going to knock you back at a certain point with all the interest that it's going to, uh, that you're going to pay, uh, simply because you did not earn the right to have the Ferrari. It's not that you did not earn the money. You did not earn the right by mentally and psychologically be the person that deserves a Ferrari. So if you're earning a great income and all of that income goes towards the Ferrari, uh, you can say I've got a Ferrari, but you haven't got a Ferrari because the Ferrari belongs to the bank. It does not belong to you. But if you've, if you've got a billion dollars and you want to have a Ferrari, then the universe will give it to you. No problem. Okay. So uh, I hope that that helps a little bit with goal setting. I've got a question in terms of seed capital. And what do I mean with seed capital? So if you operate from a blizzard's point of view, then your seed capital, capital is actually your intellectual property. In other words, it's the limited resources that we've got, the time, the effort, the mindsets, and our skills. And then how can we turn that around? In other words, now we start moving at the quantum uh, mechanics, at, the, at the, the quantum level, and we want to change that concept through the wave into a particle, in other words, into a physical, into a business or that generates money. And we measure that success of that transition in terms of the capital that we made. So let me give you an example. Um, the money that I've got, uh, that I received from PayPal. If I really think about that, then it was an affiliate that I had with Jeff Walker. And the first amount of money that came in, right, that would be the seed capital. But the seed capital, true seed capital from a blizzard's point of view, was actually zero. Because it cost me absolutely nothing to send out these emails to my database and then to start making money. Now, I received three sets of income from that one uh, action. So, and that's the reason why I combined them and then I said, okay, this then becomes my seed capital. But the seed capital is already there. So I created, and this is the function of a wealth creator. In other words, we create, then grow, then protect, and then enjoy. That's the sequence. So the creation part was 
that first amount of money. But if you really and truly think about it, that creation is to get from zero to one. The moment that you've got one, anything above one, uh, that already start with the growth. So when I start, and a lot of times when, when I start comparing, I said that first dollar, that, that is the, the growth from zero to one. And I use that most of the time. So that portion to me is very important. And then, of course, from the one, we start measuring the growth because that is actually a different part. So whenever I start a business, my intent is to start with zero or at least one. In other words, turn the zero into one. That is the creative part. And then that seed must grow. And everything that that seed will produce, in other words, it's like a plant that I plant and it starts producing seeds over six months or a year or 10 years, depending on the kind of seed that I've, that I've sown and that I planted. And then I, if I use those seeds, then again, it's not part of the original seed capital. So those seeds will count as growth, not as capital. I hope that uh, that um, uh, terminology uh, that I've explained it a little bit better or that you at least understand that better. And it's important because you're going to see that when we start this process, I'm going to use only $1 as my, let's call it my beginning capital, my seed capital. So, and then thereafter, because then everything is in the same, let's call it uh, container that I want to grow. All of that then, although there may be new seeds or new businesses that I'm going to start, all of that will, will contribute to the growth of this one idea to get to the $70,000. This idea that I'm working on, that I'd like to uh, to tell you about, uh, when I started with this goal setting, uh, the feedback that I'm getting from my database uh, tells me, uh, maybe I can read you something, just a moment, it's an Afrikaans, but I'll try to translate. So with, with, the, with the, the feedback that I'm getting, uh, a person says, I can so blij, I don't know to laugh or to laugh, I uh, dat u vir my die goalsetting video gestuur het so baie, um, want iets so pas my leven gered. My leven gaan van nou af net beter voor en toe wees, dankzij jou video en dan, uh, and then she carries on. In, in other words, uh, at the moment that I start uh, getting feedback like this, uh, immediately my mind, you know, this, this gratitude that I feel that I've gone through the, uh, to share this with example my database and even if it's only for for, for this one uh, lady that gave me feedback I, I feel it's that I contribute that that it means something and I, I'm getting uh, stuff like this on a on a regular basis so the the idea is then um, I'm going to and Lara uh, we're going to put it in a in a in, in a little, let's call it a portal, there's going to be four or five lessons from a marketing point of view. And I'm playing around with the idea if I should not do a, a goal a setting a course. Uh, that will, of course, automatically tell uh, and count for, for um, helping me to get to my goal. So maybe if you think that it, it is something that I should uh, pursue or that I can add value uh, to you. Of course, it will be a part of what you're getting. And, and maybe I can even take the first couple of weeks of the mentoring to introduce that to, to people. So I'm playing around with, with that 
uh, idea at the moment, but um, who knows? Maybe I can help other people in the process as well. Uh, I'm also working on a, on, on a game. I've actually uh, started thinking about this uh, quite some time ago. How can I get uh, a person to start with uh, just one dollar and, and then show them and help them through a process whereby I can almost guarantee, and that is where the game actually came from, okay, uh, to, to get and show and prove a thousand percent growth. Uh, so that is another, let's call it, uh, investment idea that, I, that I'm talking and thinking about at, at, at this stage. In fact, we, over the, the thinking phase, uh, I want to include that. But there's a lot of uh, hassles or a lot of gray areas uh, to me at this stage regarding that uh, specific thing because it can really start running away from us um, and cost us a lot of money. So we need to find ways to, to manage that. And I think within the next couple of weeks, we'll need to, to get to a point. But you definitely will benefit from that game um, and the way that we, uh, that, uh, that we are developing it. Okay, so I think that is more or less what I'm thinking and that I'm working on. Um, but as we progress, I will uh, keep you inform about uh, other uh, projects that may be on the table. Okay, see you. Okay, so it's feedback time and uh, I thought let me show and share with you how I'm going to give feedback in the future. Uh, this is my little system I build in on, on Excel. Uh, please find your own or build your own system. You know what the goals are and then uh, try to include it because here's the, here's the thing, unless you can measure it, you can't manage it. So goal setting is, is part of your, well, your future to go through that transformation and unless you can measure it, uh, well, how do we know if we're going to get our goals and if we're successful or not? So um, I've got uh, the, uh, a similar thing that goes back in my goal setting, I think to about 87, 80, yeah, 87. When, when I started, uh, it looked different then, but uh, the principle is exactly the same. It's just a way for me to, and it's easy to see exactly where you are. So in my case, uh, that's the goal. That is week one, two. Uh, I hide the rest and I will open it as we go along. That is something that I've picked up that I need to pay attention and see because it seems to be that um, there may be a token swap. Uh, I need to investigate that. Um, then uh, one of the goals is no sugar, so you'll see Saturday, um, my week starts on a Saturday because I give feedback on the Friday, okay? So um, if, if I haven't taken any sugar, uh, 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 you know, um, like sweets or uh, sugar in my coffee or anything like that, then I'm going to give myself two stars, uh, which I did for this week. My weight, uh, the goal is to get to 87, uh, that is... 365, in other words, by week 52. So there's a couple of things that can happen. I can uh, lose weight, uh, and I'm not talking about muscle weight. I'm actually talking about uh, fat loss. Right, so the moment that I lose fat, um, then I'm going to give me uh, a two stars. If I'm the same, uh, then um, only one star. If I gain weight, it will just be the number. And that's the way. So this week, not too bad. Uh, the 30 minutes uh, uh, in terms of aerobics, 
um, 30 minutes in the, in the morning and I combine normally my aerobics with a little bit of strength uh, exercises and try to, to do a mix within that 30 minutes. So I know that that 30 minutes is 30 minutes. Okay, so if I do the 30 minutes, uh, one star, if I can get 120 uh, beats uh, per minute on average, this little tom-tom uh, apparatus uh, measure that, then uh, two stars. Um, I've done all of that. In terms of push-ups on a Monday, I've got push-ups, Tuesday, squats, abs, chin-ups, and burpees. Uh, burpees. Uh, that's what I've got. And um, I really battle with the chin-ups. So the chin-ups is not an extended chin-up at this stage. <laughs> I still um, jippo a little bit. Uh, also, another thing, my push-ups, I've got a, a shoulder injury. So to, uh, up, up a, to a certain point, I can feel that I'm putting too much strain on, on this part. Uh, so I'm doing the push-up up to that point where there's no uh, strain on it. Uh, okay, I, I do not want to injure myself further. So it's not a full up to my chest touching the ground and then up. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lack of push-up, but it's not, it's not a full motion uh, push-up. Uh, I'm not here to try to injure myself. I'm here to try to stay in, let's call it, in, in condition. Okay, Spanish each and every day. Of course, I've got that little tool that tells you um, where you are. Um, so if, if you want to see if Proof of that at any stage, I can go back and I can show you the proof. I, I'm keeping proof of that. The meditation, exactly the same. Now, at the moment, I'm spending at least an hour per day in meditation. And normally, it's between um, uh, 3 o'clock to half past um, 3. Uh, I, I find that that by far is the best time to meditate. And that's normally one of the first things that I do after I brush my teeth. Um, I do not want to wake up completely and do exercises and then the meditation. So uh, I, I feel really happy with the meditation. The crypto goal, well, nothing happened there. Uh, remember, we, I, I, I took that as the seed capital. There will be a lesson in terms of what is seed capital and how I see, see seed capital uh, in this feedback. Uh, and then also Panama residency, we are busy uh, in the process. We had to pay the attorneys this week. Uh, an amount and um, yeah it's two stars the moment that we that we at three stars uh, then of course we're going to be um, we will have permanent residency and I think that is the goals that, I, that I've said okay so here's a trick uh, get yourself something easy that you can give feedback and and maybe post this on, on, on like I'm going to do um, edit and post it um, so that we can keep you responsible and accountable. Uh, by the way, uh, within the next couple of weeks, we're going to go to the formula, and that formula, my intent equals my focus, that's important, but there's another way that we can explain that, and that is my awareness, which is my intent, and then uh, action, uh, and the action is the, the area that I need to focus on and take action on, in order to, to grow, but then that RE in the formula uh, can also be for my accountability, and that is the feedback before we get into the loop part. Now, if I'm not doing what, I, what I'm supposed to do, I can immediately see it with one glance. This is literally my dashboard uh, th that I'm showing you. So I can, um, I can immediately see if I'm not on track, and, and this to me is inspiration 
to and inspires me to 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 make sure at least that every day, like in the Spanish, I, I've got only five minutes. Uh, this week I, I've spent a lot more time on it simply because I had the time. But uh, some some days you you simply do not have. But form the habit, even if it's five minutes, you know. So for example, the the minimum push-ups, if 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 the day runs away with me, even if I do ten push-ups, that's the minimum. Uh, that counts, okay. So uh, remember, you set the rules. Don't don't make it too difficult. Also, I'm I'm slowly and gradually going to to build up, and you'll see what I'm going to do. I'm not going to. I'm not sore. I'm not uh, stiff. I'm not. I don't feel uncomfortable. I I actually feel feel very good. Uh, I, I thought that uh, with those chin ups that <laughs> I'll feel some some strain today, but but I don't. So. Uh, it, it, it shows me that, remember, it's that Kaizen principle, that constant and never-ending, uh, that's what I want. I, I, I'm, I, I rather want that. When I was younger, uh, you know, if, if I did not feel hurt, and that's why my shoulder and my knees and my ankles um, got buggered up. But uh, those days, I, I, unless, unless I was in pain, I did not exercise. Uh, when you get older, you, you understand that it's not necessarily, it's... It's, it's the ego. It's got nothing to do with the value that you're going to get uh, from that. Okay, that's my little story. Please share your story with us. You've got this whole weekend. Uh, if you haven't done uh, some of the lessons or you did not find the time, now's the time to catch up. And then uh, please give me the comments. And then also um, work out the system. You've got till Sunday. Please do it. And then we'll start next week. And I think we're going to start with the relationships. Okay, so I'll see you uh, then. Uh, th by the way, there's going to be other little lessons here as well. Uh, make sure that you get them. And this is a way that I'm going to communicate with you if there's something that I see, uh, like goal setting as an example, uh, or something that I think that I can add more value uh, to. Uh, I'm going to try to do it on a Friday and also give you re uh, feedback. One of the feedbacks, by the way, that I can give you, uh, we are really uh, working on that little system, the program. I feel happy with that. And um, yeah, it's not going as fast as I want to, uh, but I can understand that my programmer actually has got a full-time job and uh, he's doing this um, basically to help me. So um, yeah, uh, I'll see you in one of the other uh, videos then. See you. Hi Wealth Creator and welcome back to week number two of the Wealth Creators Method Mentoring and this of course is going to be lesson number one. And today we're going to look at the self-environment but before we do so perhaps let's quickly do a recap. The purpose of a goal is to help you to evolve, in other words to transform your identity in order to become the person who can make all your goals or your dreams come true or make it a reality. It also has another purpose. And that is to create an emotion or a feeling in us, but we will get to that at a later stage. We also know that there are five levels of transformation. And let's quickly also recap then the key principles that we need to know about our 10 environments, because this is what we're busy with. The key principle number one, everything is an environment. It's inside as well as outside of us, everything. Key principle number two, everything is energy. And energy is either positive or negative. 
So everything in your environment is always, always supporting you. So if it's giving you energy, it's going to help you to move closer to your goal or faster closer to your goal. Or if it's taking away energy, it's going to sabotage you or drain you. And that is going to keep you away from your goal. Key principle number three, all environments are connected. Key principle number four, your environment is always stronger than your willpower. And key principle number five, if the outside world is not in alignment with the inner world or vice versa, it's going to create friction or conflict. So it is important that we understand how our environment will help us or, of course, how it's going to keep us from achieving our full potential. So if we use our goals in the right way as power goals, we can use them to stretch us to become the best that we can be. And I think that is our purpose here on Earth. So we also know how the thinking process works and we have a basic understanding of our memetics. So in this lesson, let's look at the self-environment. So you were born with a unique personality, with a very specific temperament, or maybe you learned that temperament with certain gifts, with talents and with certain strengths. Now, all those things makes you uniquely you. The self is the, the inside. It is who you truly are. And the self-environment is not tangible. In other words, you cannot, cannot see it, you cannot uh, hear it, you cannot smell it, you cannot taste it, you cannot touch it. In other words, you can't use the senses in order to experience this, the inner self. It is a silent, invisible force that makes up who you truly are. The more you know who you are, the better you are going to be equipped in creating a life by design. So the more you know, the better you can design the rest of your environments. So they pull you, or pull the best at least, out of you. Perhaps I can give you a tip. You can do several personality or career or business assessments online in order to find out more about yourself. And perhaps a good place to start is the Myers-Briggs test, the MBTI test. Uh, you can just Google it. There's a lot of these uh, little uh, courses or tests uh, that are actually for free. And I promise you they are spot on and it's going to give you a lot deeper insight into yourself. Now, unfortunately, many people never fully express their personality or utilize their natural gifts and strengths that they were given. So in a recent survey in the US, uh, most workers in corporate America indicated that they do not feel that they are utilizing their full potential. Now, I personally started my journey after reading a book by Ockman Dino, The Greatest Secret in the World. And in scroll fourth, uh, in this fourth scroll, he says that I'm not on this earth by chance. I'm here for a purpose. And that purpose is not to shrink into a grain of sand, but to grow into a mountain. And henceforth, I'll apply all my efforts to become the highest mountain of them all. And I will strain my potential until it cries for mercy. Now, to me, it means to become the best me that I can be. And I think that your purpose is to become the best you that you can be. So the purpose of a goal, if we really think about it, is to transform your identity or yourself into becoming a better version of yourself. And this is going to be a lifelong journey. And I must say, this is a very exciting journey because we can determine the end result. Now, many people do not see or recognize their own unique talents, their gifts and their, their, their skills. In other words, they do not pay attention to their own self-environment. 
They simply take it for granted. And maybe you're one of them. Now, these talents and gifts may feel so natural, so ingrained in you, that you do not even realize how they make you uniquely you and very, very special. Your combined unique talents and capabilities create an experience for others that cannot be exactly duplicated by anyone else because there is only one unique you in the world. Now, I see this often in the Rainmaker Startup Business, when people must start a business with no money. They often overlook their own self-environment. You see, from a business point of view, it's always best to start with this specific environment, especially if you do not know what business to start. And a lot of people will say, but I don't know what business to start. Okay, so the self present you with a unique opportunity to help others in a very specific way. But if you take your skills and your personality for granted, or if you're not aware of how absolutely uniquely you are positioned to help others, you will never turn that trait or your true self into an opportunity or into a business. Now, the function of a business is to add value to other people. And the more value you add, the more you serve. Through your business, Therefore, the more you will be rewarded. So one of the reasons why people overlook themselves is because they live in a self-imposed prison. But more on that in the next part of this lesson. In this part of the lesson, I want us to have a look at our self-imposed prison. In the physical sense, most of us enjoy freedom. So here in South Africa and the United States and UK and Europe, most parts of Europe, most parts of, of, of the world, we think that we enjoy a certain freedom. And it's true. But in an emotional or psychological sense, however, it is estimated that more than 80% of the population put themselves into a self-imposed prison cell on a regular basis. We forfeit our freedom of choice through our own thought process. I frequently hear my students say, yeah, I should have done this, or I gotta do this, or I have to do this, or I must do this. And when I hear those phrases, I often ask, do you have to or do you choose to? Massive difference between the two. Because you see, there are very few things in life that we have to do. Yet some of us forfeit our choice to the point of seeing our options in life as limited. And this often leads to a feeling of hopelessness. We have been given the ability to examine our conscious thoughts and choose how we respond in any, any given situation. We learn at a very early age that if we act in a certain way, we will achieve certain results. So often as a result of that belief that we learn as a child, we opt for safety. And safety is necessary to preserve our physical well-being. However, our desire to be safe sometimes paralyzes our ability to exercise our free will. From our early childhood, most of us have been programmed to play it safe, unfortunately. And this often reflects in the choices that we make as adults. We tell ourselves things like, that was so disappointing before, so I better not take that chance again. Or, you know, I've lost so much money in that business. I think that you're getting my drift. So you are paralyzed then by fear. So here's a question. Are you perhaps paralyzed by fear? Do you allow your fear or hurt or rejection or a failure to determine how much risk you are willing to take? So what does it cost you when fears win over taking a reasonable or perhaps a calculated risk? 
What if you have the skills to offset all risk, like financial risk? What if you can structure your investment in such a way that there is just upside, absolutely no risk? And by the way, this is what you will learn during the mentoring course. But let's get back to your limiting emotions. Perhaps you're stuck in a job or a career path that you absolutely totally hate, or you're in a relationship that does not serve you. Maybe you struggle with a low self-esteem or self-confidence. And if so, you're probably severely hampering your ability to manifest what you want in life by convincing yourself, because this is an inner game that you are busy playing, that you shouldn't try or that you don't deserve what you really want. Our choices are strongly influenced by our internal disempowering emotions. Now, by learning to recognize and step out of experiencing these emotions, an absolutely total new world of possibilities will be available for you. The problem is that we tend to get more on what we focus on. Now, if we focus on our weaknesses, what does it mean? Well, you're going to get more of that. But you know what? The opposite is also true. The clearer you are about your own natural talents and strengths, the more you can focus on employing them in your everyday life. So whatever you set your mind to, you will be most successful and feel most fulfilled when you design your life to utilize your most dominant talents. Now, let's do a quick test to see if we really know ourselves. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of action steps. And the way that I want you to do it, as soon as I, I give you that step, just say yes or a no. In other words, please don't overthink it. It's simply a yes or a no. Okay, so here we go for the first part. And if you want to answer this in the group, it's action step number one, and then it's action step 1.1, 1.2, 1.3, and so forth. Okay, so here's the first one. Do I take 100% responsibility for my own life versus blaming others or justifying when things don't go as I want them to? Yes or no? Number two. Do I honor my priorities? Number three, do I have a positive self-image or self-esteem in general, right? Number four, do I live an authentic life? Number five, am I aware of my self-talk? Do I avoid victim language? That one that I, that I talked about, that I should, I could, I must, and I have to. Number seven, do I know my strongest skills, talents, and strength and use them as leverage to maximize my success? Number eight, do I maintain a strong boundaries in my life with people who could violate them? Uh, this simply means, do I know how to say no? So if someone is infringing in my life and they want me to do things that I know that I can't do or that I don't want to do or things that is not going to help me to get to my goal, can I and do I know how to say no? Or do I know how to avoid those people at all? Number nine, do I live in integrity by keeping my word to myself and others? And this is really a, a, a big one. I see people tend to keep their word with other people, but not to themselves. So if I say I'm going to do this and some, something uh, pops up so that I must go and, and make some money, uh, then suddenly I, uh, I leave this, let's say, uh, I've said that I will exercise each and every day, and suddenly I'm too busy and then I skip the exercises. So do I live in integrity by keeping my word to myself and of course to others and then the last one do i inspire others the way that i live my life
because our children, they learn from us not by what we say we, they must do, but what we actually do. Now, I think that this list will serve you in understanding yourself better, and it's also giving you indication on what to focus on to become the best you that you can be, and of course to continue to grow as a person. So, let's get to the rest of the action steps. So, action step number two, what is the one super positive part of this environment, the self, that I'm grateful for and that I want to have more of? The moment that you get into a state of gratefulness, that gratitude, a lot of things will start happening to the better. Step number three, what is the biggest and the baddest, the, the worst obstacle in this environment to you at this stage? Of course, it's going to, if you're going to do this exercise again in a month's time or three months or in a year's time, it's going to be something else. But at this moment, at this very moment, action step number four, what is the easiest obstacle in this environment to get rid of or to fix? And then, most importantly, by when will you take action? In other words, break it down into the smallest action that you can take and then go out and take that action. Action step number five. What is the one thing that I know that is bad, but I like it anyway? And why do I want to continue with this if I know that it's bad for me and perhaps bad for other people? Action step number six. What skills do I need to make my goals a reality? Any, any skill that you think that you should have or any uh, competency or any uh, capabilities, uh, simply list them. And the best way to do this exercise is maybe to pause the video after each and every one of these steps and then do the exercise. The last one, number seven, is there any negative influences that I must be aware of and need to avoid and leave this to your subconscious mind to come up if something pops up even if it does not make sense simply write it down now please take these action steps before you move on to the next lesson right remember uh, this is a game and because it's a game we can choose if we want to set our own rules and set it up in such a way that we are going to win or we can let others dictate the rules and set it up so that they always win. By the way, I refer to this as the system and you'll learn a lot more about this later on during this course. So, it's your choice. Now, if I can give you a tip, set up the game and play the game of life as a winner. And expect to win because you are setting up your own rules in order to win. And remember, it's always, always game on. And by the way, how are you doing with your daily goals? If you're not 100% there, then it is now time to take action and do what you're supposed to do. So in the next lesson, we're going to look at the spiritual environment. But till then, I want you to remember, it's always game on. Let's go and let's play. Hi Wealth Creator and welcome to lesson two of this week's mentoring. Now in this lesson we are going to focus on the spiritual environment. Now the spiritual environment just like the self is not tangible. In other words you cannot see it, feel it, hear it, taste it, smell it. Now also remember that one of the key principles of the 10 environments is that everything is energy and in no other environment can we experience this more than in the spiritual environment. So, we get positive and negative energy. 
The one is draining you and keeping you from becoming the best that you can be. It also keeps you away from achieving your goals because, let's face it, your goals are like, it's like stepping stones to help you to grow or to transform into becoming the best you that you can be. The other energy is charging you, it's motivating you, it's inspiring you to become the best you that you can be. And in the process, instead of pushing it, the whole time, it's almost like it's pulling you and make it easier to achieve your, your goals, uh, you know, because it's so inspiring. Another way that we can express this two energies, the negative we can call a force, like when you're using willpower. Now we say willpower, but if you really think about it, it's a force that we use because it's, 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 it's difficult. It's not easy uh, the moment that we start using our willpower in order to get to our goals. Now, the opposite of force is, of course, power. And power is what inspires you, to energizes you, and to make it easier for you, and to have a lot more fun in your goals. So in the power morphing, as an example, we're going to talk about the whole time, about power versus force. So the question then is this, is your energy drained by negative points of force, such as uh, apathy, uh, grief, fear, lust, um, control, overwhelm, clutter, addictions, manipulations, or anger? Or is it charged by positive points of power, such as love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, the truth, courageousness, beauty, gratitude? Now, as with all 10 environments, design choices, because by now I think that you know that we can create our environments, in other words, we can design them, you can choose to get the energy from the highest of sources, which ultimately comes from living in a way that honors your soul. Now, remember the soul is that you right in the middle of the uh, center of this, this ring. And then, so you start in the outer side with uh, your ring of environments, then it touches the number one environment, which is the mim uh, mimetics, and then it's the soul. And that soul that I'm referring to here is that energy that does not die and that is in contact with the truth or the universal source of energy. Right, so now when we start looking at spirituality, you'll find that it's a broad concept with room for many uh, perspectives and, and many thousands of different interpretations. So in general, it includes a sense of connection to something, let's call it bigger than ourselves, and it is typically involves a search for, let's call it the meaning of life. As such, it is a universal human experience and something that touches basically all of us. So people may describe spiritual experiences as sacred or transcendent or simply as a deep sense of aliveness or interconnectedness. So some may find that their spiritual life is intricately linked to their association with, let's say, a church or a temple or a mosque or um, a synagogue. And uh, others may pray or find comfort in a personal relationship with God or a higher power, it is called, or energy, or the universe, or the truth. So still others may seek meaning through their uh, connection to uh, nature or, or art. So like your sense of purpose, your personal definition of spirituality may change throughout your life, adapting to your own experiences and relationships. But is religion and spirituality then not the same thing? It's a question that I hear people ask quite often. So let's look at that question in the next part of this lesson. Now, please, just so that we are on the same page, what I'm sharing with you is the way that I see or I understand, or at least I try to make sense of my life 
and my purpose here on earth. And please, you do not have to agree with anything that I say. Okay? So, also, whatever you believe, that is perfect. Nothing wrong with that. The great thing about this mentoring process for me is that I'm dealing with wealth creators. It's a group of people that are serious about life. Otherwise, let's face it, you would not have been here. It's people like yourself that wants to improve by taking responsibility. And I think this is the key, taking responsibility. And it is only because I know that you are taking this responsibility for your own thoughts and for your own actions that I can, that I can really share with you the way that I see and do things, hoping that in some way it may help you in your growth process. Okay, so let's get back to the question. I think the question basically was, is the religion and spirituality then not the same thing? And remember, it's the way that I see it. Now, a religion, the way that I see it, is when two or more people gather with the same like ideology. Now, currently, there are 19 major religions in the world that have at least 1 million or more followers. Right, with Christianity, of course, the biggest, and then followed by Islam. Now, let's have a look at the spiritual part of the wheel um, of this uh, 10 environments, and you're going to see that it's next to the self. So the self and the spiritual is not tangible. And I think it's almost like um, if, if, if that is north, if you look upwards, that is north. That is north and true north, so to speak, in terms of the self and the spirituality. When you put your beliefs, that is your memetics, around the spiritual, that becomes a religion. And religion and spirituality are not the same thing, nor are they entirely distinct from one another, simply because of this uh, memetics. And the best way, perhaps, to understand this is to think of two overlapping circles. So, in the one side, this circle, the spiritual circle, you're going to get and ask questions like, where do I personally find meaning and value? Or, how do I feel connected? Or, how should I live? When we look at the religion, that ring, uh, the questions that's typically asked are, what practices, rites or rituals should I follow? Or, what is typically, you get what is right and wrong? Or, what is true and false? I think you know what I'm what I'm referring to. So, where these two circles basically overlap uh, is the individual experience which affect the way that you believe and think and feel. What is the one thing that all 19 major religions have in common? I think there's only one thing and that is that they are all seeking for a connection to a higher power. That is, that connection to a higher power, to, to something outside of us that is bigger than ourselves. And we can see that that connection basically is also in this inner circle between the outer side and the inner side in terms of the 10 environments where that connection, that everything is connected, that's one of the key principles that, I, that I'm talking about. So if everything is energy and everything is connected, we can say that the spiritual environment is like a guiding light. So when you understand yourself and you know your strengths and your gifts and your talents and you are connected to a higher power, a sense of purpose, a sense of oneness, a sense of connectedness, uh, whatever it is for you, now suddenly you have this absolute amazing energy source that you can tap into 
and that will guide you. And that's the reason why the spiritual and the self is next to each other. Because both of them are not tangible and both of them are connected to the memetics, which is the true you. But you, as you've seen in that diagram that I showed you, uh, maybe I, you did not see it, but you, the soul, is then directly connected to this universal truth, okay? Or to the creator, or whatever you want to call it. So when you design the rest of your environments around these two, the self and the spiritual, life seems to work out a lot better in all other areas of wealth, okay? We know that there are seven areas of wealth. So let's get into perhaps some action steps. So action step number one is, what is the one super positive part of this environment that I'm grateful for and that I want more of? And, and please, uh, the right way to do it is whenever you see this action step, uh, stop the video, do the exercise, and then continue. So when you're ready, let's go on to step number two. And that is what is the biggest, the baddest obstacle in this environment. <laughs> Some people might perhaps say this is Satan. Okay, so what is that biggest and baddest for you? This, this is for you, and that Satan story was a joke. Okay, so action step number three, once you're done with that, what is the easiest obstacle in your environment to get rid of or to fix? And of course, by when will you take action? I hope that you see what we are busy. Unless you're going to take action, you're not going to get the value because everything is like a building block. And once we understand this, then we're going to start working on our goals. Okay, but we can't understand the goals unless we understand what the goal, the meaning of the goal is, in other words, the purpose and where this is going to take us to. So once you're done with that, action step number four, the one thing that I know that is bad, but I like anyway, and why do I want to continue with this? So maybe there's something that's in this environment that you know um, it feels good and it, it makes you feel good, but uh, you know that this is not helping you to grow and to become the best that you can be. Action step number five, what skills do I need to make my goals a reality in this environment? And this may challenge some of, uh, some of you. Uh, to me, one of the skills that, uh, that, I'm, that I'm still practicing and that I will practice maybe for the rest of my life, hopefully, is uh, 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 meditation. Uh, I'm getting a lot out of meditation. And to me, that is where that true connection, the, the, the connection is in the silence. We are so overwhelmed in this society. Uh, luckily, I'm not that overwhelmed, but the majority of people, and even myself, uh, some days it, 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 it gets crazy. So that silence, that, that connectiveness, that uh, getting into the silence, uh, that to me is, is really, it's a skill that I, that I want to nourish and that, that I'm going to continue with the rest of my life. Because you can keep on, you can kaizen this and, and getting it better and better. And then uh, step number six, is there any other negative influence that I must be aware of or need to avoid? Right, so please take this action step before you move on to the next lesson. And I want you to remember that life is a game, that this is a journey, that you create the, the, the rules and therefore play to win. Now, if you create the rules, right, and you are not winning, then whose fault is it? So create the rules, but please win this game, okay? Uh, perhaps just a quick reminder while we're on that topic, how are you doing with your daily goals? If you're not 100% there yet, take the time now and do what you're supposed to do. I can tell you that I've done everything that I was supposed to do. I've got another perfect day. And uh, once this is done and edited and up, 
uh, well, this feels great. Okay, I'm also working like crazy. We've checked that, uh, that program. We've made a lot of progress between my program and myself. And I hope that I can share that with you within the next month or so, or perhaps two weeks or so. Okay, so I'm really looking forward to see you in the next lesson where we will look at the relationship environment. Can't wait to see you there. Cheers.